welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? God, I am so ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Honcho Show. I'm from New York and the great state of Maryland and the United States of America. Mr. Paul Cuthbert here. And please say hello to your friend and mom, Mr. Robert Cuny, baby. How you doing, Rob? Greetings and salutations as my dog goes insane right as we start the show. It's good timing on his part, I think. We got to get that contract because... uh... We do. And we got to give him uh, top billing. I think that's why he's upset because it's the sports honchos with Paul, Rob, and not... Actually, the dog right now, found. it's not the sports honchos, Rob. It's the dog honchos. It is the dog honchos. Brought so. to you by... Brought to you by Kibbles, my dog, Gucci. Kibbles and Pits. <laughs> or Snossages. Because <laughs> I just like to say Snossages. Hey, can I make a, a true confession right off the, the top of the show here? Um, first, I'm going to say it's it's Wednesday. Oh, okay. Go ahead. October 7th. We do rehearse, folks. <laughs> Welcome aboard, everybody. We're trying to be professional about this. Certain moments of the show. Certain You're listening moments, to yes. the Sports Honchos. Brand new sports talk radio. With yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and my good friend, Mr. Rob Cuny. And ladies Third and big show, friendos. Third big show. If you said we'd only make it to two shows, well, you're wrong. We got to three, baby. We've done it, baby. So anyway, Rob's going to start the show off with a true confession. Uh, this is something new, and I'm excited. I hope everybody out there listening is as well. Yeah. Go ahead. You, Bu- you have buckle the floor. Up. Buckle up, everybody. So last week, and I know you all take copious notes every show that we do. Last week, I said Tuesday was the worst night of the week and needs that, uh, that Chiefs-Patriots football game. Yes, Which ultimately took place on Monday and not on Tuesday. Now, my, my good friend reminded me, Pat Broderick, and I do have friends that are not named Pat, I promise you, said and reminded me that Tuesday uh, is date night. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, Grace, my girlfriend. Uh Tuesday is a great night. It's an amazing night for me because it's date night. But uh, for the rest of the world, it, it, uh, it stinks on ice. So there you go. I, I feel better now. I've bared my soul, and I've mentioned two people close to me on the air. So uh, you're welcome, and uh, send all your checks to uh, Sports Honchos, care of Paul Cuthbert in New York. Yes, and I will be happy to deposit those for thank um, you for magical moments just like this. So if the checks come in and the show is just me next week, you'll know what happened. <laughs> so what's going on, buddy? Here we are, Wednesday evening. And the sports world is rolling. Uh, yep. The Yankees are back at it with Tampa Bay, and uh, the Devil Rays have struck first already. You say right. Tanuka, I say Tanaka, and uh, <laughs> here we go. Um, did you watch the game last night, or did you watch any of it last night? 
Uh, I did not. Um, I know in game one, it was a typical Yankee home run extravaganza. I did not watch yesterday. Shame on me. It's okay. So, you know, we can't, we can't watch everything, Rob. You know, there's, there's just a, a steaming stuff. pile of sports going on and yes. I'm, I'm just plowed under, but happily so. Yes. So talk to me. Talk to me, Goose, about the Yankees Rays no, look, it's, series. It's, it's making out to be a great series. Nobody knew, you know, I, I, the, uh, you know, the, these are two fantastic teams. Obviously, uh, it's just uh, great pitching and and great hitting. And this, this is just going back and forth last night. And um, you know, here we are. I mean, I'm a Yankees fan, so I don't like seeing the. Uh, the number go up here in the first inning already. It just seems to be the way this series is going that these teams are, you know, scoring in the first few innings of each game. And then, you know, last night just kind of rolled off. Yankees just whiffing and striking out here and there. And a couple of uh, maybe a maybe a, a questionable call there in the top of the uh, ninth last night or two. Right. But uh, anyway, it, it happens. You, you can just see that this series pretty much can go either way. Obviously, Captain Obvious, this is a crucial game three, Rob. That's right, everybody. A crucial game three. Uh, the swing in, game. In a best of five series. Yes. Uh, too bad it's there's no home field advantage here. It's just you wake up and you're in the same town. You know, this. I will say this about this Yankees race series. It feels has the makings of a classic epic series, which is surprising because I'm going to say this, and all with all due respect, Mr. Cuthbert, the Yankees were were the Rays' bitch this year, going a two and eight against the mighty Rays. Yes, yeah, but imagine, imagine if you would, imagine you had signed a free agent slugger from the great state of Florida named Giancarlo Stanton, who would just hit bomb after bomb. Can you imagine where you'd be now? He's played what forty games, and if possible, two hundred or so. So imagine. You Yankee fans, if you actually keep healthy for half the games, let alone all the games, it just this has the makings of a great series. And and whether you're a Yankee fan or not, both teams are fun to watch, but certainly the Yankees, because again, as Greg Maddox once said, long ago on those Nike ads, chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's so creepy to say that, I know, isn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna write this down again. Maddox. <laughs> quote in that in that professional radio voice of mine chicks dig the lung ball very good thank you yeah thank you everybody look hey look if you're a baseball fan this is what you want you want mm -hmm. the, the the two best teams here or two of the best uh, out of the uh you know the the four remaining here in the, on the american side here and it, it's right. going it's going pretty well and uh you know uh, actually i'm gonna leave now and go watch the rest okay of the <laughs> all right everybody it's the rob cuny show <laughs> Stay tuned for 45 more minutes of anger about stuff that only I care about. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's, can we stick with the, the playoffs here just for a smidge? Well, I just, want to say, I just want to say one thing. I don't know if I, okay. I said it earlier, but, um, you know, a lot of people, you know this series is most likely going to go five. You, you, mm -hmm. It has the make. It has to. Here. It has yeah. to. I think it's it's just got to. It, you're right. It has that epic feel to it, like a five-game dukeroo. But there's a, there's this also this strange thing, and it's Yankees have done this before. You know, uh, game one aside, and then watching them last night, and then just seeing uh, you know Tampa kind of find a way uh, to to hang in there and pitch because of the long ball. Um, the Yankees kind of get into a situation sometimes that they're not they're not trying to. They're not working the bases, you know. They're not getting guys outside of walks, you know, and what happened right. top of ninth last night. But anyway, 
Um, we all hope as fans, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I want the Yankees to win two in a row here, but I think as baseball fans, with these two great teams, you know, you expect it to go five. And it, it's interesting, uh, you know, just in a in a in viewing the game with no fans in there, and seeing these two baseball teams, and I know there's you know all the teams that are playing, but just because the the fake crowd noise in the baseball yeah, aspect the worst. is really annoying. I mean, it, it wasn't so bad in hockey; they had it low enough. Uh, mm-hmm. The Premier League soccer. I'm a Manchester United fan, so I watched that, and it's it's, it's kind of at a low level. But baseball, for some reason, kind of reason. Anyway, for these teams. Outside of, you know, unless you're the Baltimore Orioles, you don't really play in such an empty building like that. Easy. Know? Easy, pal. <laughs> but it's got to be a, it's got to be something else. What I'm trying to get at is the playoff intensity from mm. these two benches and playoff baseball to me is some of the best sports that you could watch. And I know I'm a huge hockey fan and everything else, but it's a chess match and right. it's pitch by pitch and it's swing by swing and it's decision by decision. You know, uh, Tampa Bay's manager last night keeping his guy in there, uh, Fairbanks in there, and then, um, you know, knowing that they're playing every night. They're playing five games in a row. So it changes That's the best part. Yeah, it changes everything for the managers in, term, in terms of how they're going to manage their pitching staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's fantastic. It really is. But in the scope of the whole thing, what I'm trying to say is, uh, you know, tip of the hat, tip of the baseball hat. Uh, I know. Just the same way the guys did it in the bubble for hockey, but the same way these guys are doing it too, they're they're playing their asses off, man, and 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 it's great for all of us at home watching it. I'm truly right. just as much as I did the hockey, and you know, just truly enjoying the game. And I know we're still steering to the NFL and the NBA as well, but I'm I'm we'll just really having a good time watching the games, man. And I think well, we're very lucky to have sports. I think Rob. Well, yes, Wes. We are lucky to go from from You're famine Rob. to feast. Um, You're Rob. Manfred did it right with this with the playoff system, at least with the Final Four, because we're going to have fans um, for the LCSs, and we'll have fans for the World Series, and they'll actually be able to do the more of the. Well, they're doing the bubble thing now, um, sort of, sort of, kind of, but they're going to have fans, and it's a shame that we're not going to see a Tampa, New York, ALCS, because again, not only it may have been a one-sided series this year, 10 game series, but it was certainly intense. And we all remember what happened with Chapman and then uh manager of the race cash saying, you, cash saying, but what a great cop. I got a bunch of guys who can throw 98 miles per hour, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I would love to see that in front of fans with the World Series on the line, but hey, I'll take this. But you could probably you know, the these guys are, these guys are probably going to play each other again in the next couple of years. This isn't this is this right. is the beginning. I mean, both franchises are young, stable, uh, incredibly mm-hmm. talented. Two good managers. Uh, the rest of the league kind of stinks. And right. uh, as far as you know, you get beyond the top four, top six. Um, so right. you're probably going to see this series again. I'll tell you what. What if we could just move off of uh, New York just for a second? Uh, the team no. that I was. What I was no, rooting New for. We'll, we'll come back. We'll come back. Don't worry. That, you know, it's my, the town's so nice and named it twice. Uh, the team that I was hoping for, that I wanted to see go as far as possible was San Diego. But sadly, the Padres are, as I like to say, deader than my teaching career. Uh, Mike Clevenger, who was taken out of the game, had the dreaded. And as a guy who's seen this happen to Strasburg, not that I'm a Nats fan, but I'm, you know, 
buried in Nats mania down here. He had the dreaded elbow tinge, which smells a lot like the warning sign of Tommy John surgery. Thank God just, you didn't have to see that, folks. Yeah, I just saw me it. Me sniffing into the microphone. Look, it's not the first elbow issue he's had since he came to San Diego from the Indians. He was supposed to be the guy to push him over the top. And now he's out and the best name in baseball, Denilson Lamette, the other stud pitcher from uh, from the Padres. They have no starting pitching. I know they went – they had a nine-pitcher shutout in game three against the Cardinals, and they do their bullpen games, but that's not going to cut it further in the playoffs they're going to get run over by the Dodgers uh, but that team is exciting there's a great future at that team and I hate to say that because they have that bag of shine Manny Machado who essentially took a dump on Baltimore on his way out the door uh, but everybody else in that team not healed I like no those wounds never heal and you have to understand something about the DC and Baltimore area with sports the wounds are deep they never heal and we can hold a grudge with the best of them. Bunch of babies. It always gives us something to talk about. <laughs> we, like to, we like to wallow in each other's misery. It's really kind of disturbing. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. That's what's going on in baseball. Yeah. I got and, one more uh, thing for you in baseball. Like, real quick. Because this was three things happened during the playoffs. I just want to get your opinion on what you think is the most impressive, astounding, whatever streak. There are three of them. Okay, the Twins have now lost 18 playoff games in a row, which is <laughs> shocking. The Marlins, who I think Atlanta is going to be their Waterloo, they're seven and zero all time as a franchise in the postseason. They've been in the postseason twice, 97, 2003, and won the World Series both times. So they don't know what it's like to lose in the postseason. And the Oakland A's won their first playoff elimination game. You know, with the season online since 1973, when you and I were, are, were freshmen in college. Yes. Okay, that's a long time. Which of these streaks? And then we can move on to another sport, Captain. Uh, to you is the most impressive. To me, well, I'll let you go first. What do you think is the most? And when I say impressive, it could be pathetic as well. Um, I, I have. I, I think I like the Marlins. No. Because I mean, it's. Go ahead. It's sickening. <laughs> Well, it's going to end, barring some miracle. Yeah. I see it ending today. I think the, the 1973 streak, I mean, considering, you know, they, they had some success in the 80s and the well, you, 90s not, and the 2000s. Gonna, the, the Twins is not a good thing. No, when I, it's, it's impressive in its awfulness. 18 losses in a row, that's, that's not good. That spans a lot of players and managers. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, the Orioles have been doing that kind of stuff for years. Yeah, but we don't have that kind of a streak. Sure, we lost 21 games in a row in 1988. I remember every one of them. And there was that old joke. How many Orioles does it take to <laughs> change a tire? One. Unless it's a blowout, and then they all show up. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you. You folks out there, you, you, you know, I'm the lucky one. I'm the, I get to hang out with Rob Cooney and his brilliance and his... His quick wit, you know. Those are two things you never hear about me. Brilliance and, quote, <laughs> I, li- I get to hang out with him. Even my therapist doesn't say I get to hang out with him. <laughs> Just kidding, folks. We would never make fun of anybody's uh, need for therapy. I am right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, which, which one is what, – what, so I got – sorry, went off track there. Which is oh, your favorite uh, the, the, the Oakland one. 
just because it spans so many decades. And I got to say that we were in high school in 1973, which may or may not be true. What was I doing in 73? <laughs> Thinking I was, about I was, kindergarten? I, was, I, was, I don't you know. know what I, I know what I was doing. I was, I was being four. Right, as was I. Those were good old days. Those were the good old days, man. There was no such thing as podcasts and responsibility. Well, we were was, thinking about it. We were. I was every, thinking about how can every, I entertain at every diaper change. We were how can I entertain the kids in my pre-kindergarten class with my sports knowledge when I break down the uh, the Mets A's World Series from 1973? See, now I, I'm left sitting to myself. I'm a father of two. You're a father of two. Do they still wear diapers at four? I don't remember. No, no. Now I well, eventually we all will be wearing diapers again, Mr. Cuthbert. But I believe it's tied four... the game. Yes. Sorry. Interrupt. Now I guess you need a diaper now. Uh, <laughs> at, I don't think at four years old you're you're not wearing a diaper, and you're certainly not. Um, how shall I put this? Uh, having milk from the tap, if you know what I mean. I think both those things go bye bye by four years old. But I don't know. <laughs> Listen, you know, <sighs> as they say, you do you. Perfect time to transition. <laughs> yes, and now an awkward transition, show. everybody. Ah, <laughs> uh, are we on the air? I'm sorry. <laughs> are we live? Hey, is there something you want to talk about as far as people? People, people who need people because they're the luckiest people in the world. Um. Oh yes, thank you. I have I even have a scripture. Okay, so. To me, this could be a segment, by the way, a segment called Two Kinds of People, where we put people in one or two boxes. Two kinds of people. I was having this conversation yesterday, and not with myself. To me, there are two kinds of people in the world, chapter one. uh, People who leave when they're all by themselves in their house. There are two kinds of people, those that close the bathroom door. And those that leave it wide open, just in case, you know, people want to drop in while you're while you're dropping the kids off at the pool. I I don't care if I'm on a desert island, the entire planet has been wiped out by some virulent plague. <laughs> it's nothing but me and the zombies, and the daytime is the only time I can comfortably take a dump. Oh, come I am, on, man. I We're am, not going there on the show, I are am, we? I am closing the door and I might even lock it. I don't care. <laughs> I will never leave the door open. It doesn't matter. And so that's what camp I'm in. Mr. Cuthbert, which side of that uncomfortable fence do you find yourself? I am a gentleman, and I always close the door. All right. Always uh, close the door. All right. There are some people out there that I going know. Going in and going Keep out. it open. I'm not one of those freaks who does his business with the door open, and I certainly, certainly <laughs> don't want anybody to get any kinds of after effects of after right. So, but I'm I, talking even even when there's nobody around, and I live by myself, no, and I keep the door closed. It's just decent hygiene and and yep. class. I mean, you know, we live in mansions, so we have to keep these <laughs> codes of etiquette to the I, highest standards. Right? I like to rotate through all the bathrooms in stately CUNY manner. Yes, I get around on my <laughs> the stairs are a little tough. They are, especially the pants around the ankles. It's hard to uh, maneuver and navigate up and down. Not the on stairs. a segway. Segways are no. actually built for your drawers to be dropped out of your shit. You know what? I, I want to get. I know that I'm probably 
close, but not old enough yet. But I said, I will still want to get that chair that you sit on and rides you up the stairs oh, ever so it. slowly. You're but I want one that it. goes fast. I want the turbo version of that. What movie? <laughs> what movie was the? It was oh, some, no. some old lady coming down that thing flying at 100 miles an hour. We'll think about it later. There was a movie. You're going to think yeah, of hey, Tweet us, folks, if you remember that movie, at Cuthbert yes. Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos. All and it on is a sports Twitter honchos as we now move from the mm-hmm. bathroom to the NHL draft. Ah, that yes. Was yesterday. And I think it's still going right now. They're in the 767th round. Outstanding. Yes. Well, I think this is certainly something you should uh, dive into with both feet because you have, in addition to the number one pick, and I know you're happy with Alexis Law. I can't pronounce his last name, but. Also, your uh, defenseman Schneider that you uh, – did you guys trade up to get him? Yes, because okay. uh, the report is that John Davidson, our incredible president of hockey operations, um, <laughs> didn't want the Devils to get him. Oh, well, that's a good reason to draft him. And that's why we love him. <laughs> I love that rivalry. And, yes, it's already <laughs> begun. I love again. it. It's just it's, it's, hockey is so great. It's renewed. So, <laughs> yes, uh, the Rangers win. And his name is Alexei Lafreniere. No. Okay. I said Alexis. I apologize to his family. That's okay. <laughs> I'll just call him Alex. But that's all we needed. Everybody else that's coming on the bus uh, to New York, welcome aboard. Uh, but Alexei is the guy. He's driving this bus. And uh, we'll see what happens. And, you know, in addition to the draft yesterday, uh, I think that, what the Kings, uh, Detroit, two and three, I believe, off the top of my head. And that's yes. really all you care about, right? One, two, right. three. And, you know, us Ranger fans are so used to having a number one draft pick. But, uh, <laughs> look, we got Capo last year at number two. And now we got Alexei. We got a great team. We got rid of that has-been Lundquist. And, uh, right, let's, listen to you, how quickly we forget. <laughs> I mean, the body is still warm, and you're like, well, time yeah. to move on to somebody else. Because, yeah. after all, goaltenders like Lundquist grow on trees. Yeah. If you want to see him, apparently, though, it's just a short trip down 95. If the rumors are true, he's coming to D.C. Well, if which... he does, we are not friends anymore. Well, I, I, I have mixed feelings about him coming here. I mean, obviously. And that's what I first... want to talk to you about yeah. right now. Are you going to for... tell me, Henrik Lundqvist, at his age, getting mm-hmm. bought out, you're going to tell me he's a better option than Holtby right now? Well, Come on! Okay, so the better option is neither one of those two uh, bearded but you, but gentlemen. But if you got the two of them. Well, well so, see, the thing is, we're not going to have the two of them. In order to sign Backstrom and keep him and Ovechkin on this team until they skate into the Hall of Fame, we had to give up on Holpe, which, look, that's a hard decision, but the right decision ultimately. Uh, Holpe's going to walk in free agency. We've got this guy, Elias Simsonov, who went 16-6, and six, Two-and-a-half GAA, 913 save percentage, a shutout. He's young. He's good. He's the future. And with a guy like LaViolette coming in to coach a veteran-laden team whose time is now, as the great George Allen once said, he needs somebody, I think in his mind, to act as a mentor, uh, a capable backup, because that's what the king will be. He'll be a backup. And then going into the playoffs, he's a guy who's had – he doesn't have a cup, but he's got a lot of playoff success. And he knows at crunch time, he knows when the pressure's on the biggest games, 
he's not going to wilt. What better guy to spend two years, if the money's right, mentoring Samsonov? If the money's right, first of all, he's loaded. He got bought out. He's got all kinds of endorsements and stuff. Hank is set for life. It's not about money. To me, to go anywhere right now for Hank to Mm -hmm. be a backup, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why I mean, look, he'll, he'll have a chance to start. I just, go play I mean, in the you, KHL. Go somewhere where you're, you're going to play. I, I mean, right. I've been, I mean, he's changed everything. He's going to sign somewhere, I guess. Right. Um, and when I say when I say the money's right, I mean, if the, from my standpoint, if the Caps don't spend a fortune or what they would have spent on Holpe and, and, and ravish the team to sign either one of those guys, then it's bad. But if they can get him on a cap-friendly number – for a year or two, I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. If I'm, I'm not Hank looking at stay him. in the Metro Division? Why would he stay on a team or a div- team that's going to play against the team that he just finished? Fifteen. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. But look, I mean, he didn't. If he, went he throws out on, good on the terms. Capitals jersey. He's mm-hmm. dead to me. The I'll tell you, if, if he does sign, the first thing I'm doing after he signs is running down to uh, down to DC to the Capitol store and buy myself a Lundqvist sweater oh. and parade it around just to piss off all of my Ranger friends. That's just, um, actually, no. I've already been told that if, if he happens to no, win no, no, a cup no, 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 no. with not, the Capitals, we're, my, I, I'm dead to all of my Ranger fans. Look, so this will be a short show. Hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. I'm holding. You're, you're, you can't rub that in our faces. It's not rubbing. It's celebrating. It's No, but don't go ahead. <laughs> Have fun. But there's a reason... Hank was bought out by the New York Rangers, okay? Right. This has been a slow, unfortunate downflow in his game, okay? Mm-hmm. You are not getting Hank at 25. No, but we don't need Hank at 25. That's what I'm saying. He's not a guy who's coming in here to start. We're not looking for goaltending help. If we were, we'd just keep Holpe. But we know Holpe's going to walk. Cause he's he's going to be expensive. And we got a guy in the in the, the shadows. Look, we talked about a really real good year. Rob, we, look, yes, if, if he's going there, he's going there to play, as far as I'm concerned. Because mm-hmm. we talked about this as far as the Capitals, Laviolette coming in. It was on the on the first show that we did. Why Labs is coming in. We mm-hmm. know Ovi and Backstrom. These guys only have a couple more years left in the tank. The, the Caps got to win now. And that's why they right. brought him in. This is going in. If Hank comes in, it's got to be under the guise that he's going to be the starter on this team. That's my opinion. I don't think well, Hank goes to D.C. to ride the bench. He was just doing that in New York. That's why he he must have taken the buyout for that reason. He doesn't want to ride the bench. He wants to play. I mean, I don't know what assurances LaViolette and McClellan, the GM, are going to make to Lundquist, but – he'll certainly have the opportunity to start. And if you're looking for a a seasoned veteran backup goaltender and this guy's on the market, uh, what team wouldn't jump at the chance to sign him? I mean, yes, the only sticking point would be if he really wants to dig his heels and say, I'm still a starter, which I have no real argument with, then maybe he goes somewhere else. But if he's willing to take a mentor backup de facto coach role, knowing that he's probably going to be the man in the playoffs, hey, I'm all for it. You could have him. All right. Okay. You can have him. I mean, and we can't get we can't get Matt luck. Murray anymore. My no, my you my, can't. my penguin fan friend Chris was heartbroken over well, the I, loss I of what, Matt Murray. You, what happened there? <laughs> I mean, I, I it was a surprise to me. He's traded for 
a second round pick. And by the way, he's traded for a prospect named John Gruden, not the Vegas Raiders coach. But I think that's the best part of the story. I don't know what happened there. That kind of hit me out of the blue I um, before we went on the air. I got it. I think Hank's going to Pittsburgh. Oh. Now, see, that would be the worst. Don't start rubbing it in. <laughs> I can't stand the Penguins. And any right-thinking American would say the same thing unless you live in the, the greater Pittsburgh area. God, if he went to Pittsburgh, it's even more reason to hate that team. I think he's and plus, can you imagine if he's hoisting the cup in the black and the gold? Ugh. God, give me strength. He wouldn't. <laughs> Ugh. Thank you. Thank you for ruining my night. <laughs> All right, so Murray's gone. That. It happens, you yeah. know. I didn't know, you know, you were emotionally no. attached to the guy. Oh, I'm and not. I, I just you, I found it funny that he's – I thought he was the man in Pittsburgh, especially let Flurry go. He was. I mean, he did win a cup for them, at least one, and uh, now he's uh, in you, Ottawa. Did you see the list that was released before the draft of all the goaltenders that are out there, have been bought out? No. It's it's unbelievable. It's a who's who, you know. From, it is. Uh, you know, all, all these for, former goaltenders that were just monsters in their heyday. Right. You know, I don't have the list in front of me, but um, we'll look it up. Maybe we'll bring it up next week or whatever. But it's amazing. It's about 10 or 12 guys that obviously in the last five, six years were in the thick of it, you know, during, uh, the, you know, the day, I mean, the days of the Kings and the Hawks and, and uh, you know, Pittsburgh. Detroit, right. these guys, like Howard's gone. I mean, the names go on and on of all these guys that were just big spotlight guys in the playoffs and you know hank was one of those guys too it's amazing but this is what's happening as far as the nhl it's it's just getting younger and younger and the the guys that are getting up there in their age it's it's getting tighter and tighter every year Um, right you you have to perform at such an incredible level the 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 the, you know the, the compensation the players are getting to uh, it's tight in there now uh, for the NHL and coaching and goaltending. Yeah. It just it just rotates, you know. I mean, look, do you do you think? And I've I've heard this from a couple of sources. Do you think? And this is surprising given the number of goaltenders that you say are available and why the derby will begin for these guys. The trend seems to be moving towards not having that one goaltender that goes sixty five seventy games and having more of a rotation. Well. Maybe not 50-50, but more than, again, the guy that carries the water for 60, 65, 70 games, and one guy just comes in for spot starts. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think out loud here a little bit, but thinking of Jonathan Quick and Crawford in Chicago when those guys were going back and forth trading Stanley Cups, and then obviously, um, mm-hmm. you know, Flurry and Murray, like you said, in Pittsburgh. You're just trying to think of the the champions here. I mean, Holt, Holtby was a guy. Holtby took the load. He, he carried the load. load for the team. Hank took the load, too, you know. Going to the conference finals in the Stanley Cup, you know there were a couple of guys that were doing it. I'm sure we're, we're forgetting a couple of names here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Luongo for his sake when he was playing, he would be the number one starter. You know, you, you go into Tim Thomas for the Bruins. Tim Thomas for the Bruins, and then Rask yeah. after him. You know, right. it's one one handoff and handoff. Look, I, look, I'll refer back to the Rangers here real quick because obviously this is the biggest shake up, shake up for them. But then again, not so much with the list of all the guys that have been let go and and that are out in the market right now. But um, they're just – it's like anything, Rob. You know this as a teacher, too. I mean, the the kids are just more savvy. They're more educated. Uh, anyway, the kids that really put the commitment and the time into learning any type of skill, 
um, getting good at any kind of sport. Uh, they have so many advantages today that players didn't have even five, even five six years ago. Uh, the hockey IQ of the kids that are coming out now, especially uh, up front, forwards and defensemen now, uh, are just unbelievable because the programs in Canada, the programs in the U.S., uh, sweet, all Europe, Sweden, Russia, Czechoslovakia, Finland, uh, you know, even though uh, I can't remember the kid's name, but the, the, the second, third, fourth pick there last night, he was from Germany. So um, it's, it's more competitive. The programs are better. They're much better than they ever were than they were in the 70s and the 80s and even in the 90s. And obviously with the changing in the rules and the game is just fast now, and you could see it, everybody wants a, they got to be big, fast, but then is that, maybe that's always the way the NHL is. But what I'm trying to say here, um, you got a couple of young Russian studs here for for the Rangers now, and Georgiev and Shostorkin, and then they, they went out and, and they got another big goaltender there. Yes, they, the Rangers are like seven, eight, nine deep with goaltending prospects. You, you can't know, have too many. Yeah, and they're probably going to, you know, trade one or two here. But that's just the way it's going. Look at the changeover in Tampa Bay. Vasilevsky taking over, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Bishop was in there, you know. Uh, look at uh, Kubota in there in, in Dallas. And I think Bishop was there too, obviously, you know. I mean, yep. it, the goaltending changes. It takes a guy to get hot and run it and stuff. But it's incredibly uh, competitive right now. And, you know, unfortunately, these guys that you're talking about, Holtby, Murray, Lundqvist, they're, they've they've run their course and um, – It'll get turned over. And and last thing I'll say on this, you take a guy like Luongo, uh, who never won it, but, you know, he got, he went to Vancouver, popped here, Florida, ends it up, and then it's just, it's over, and then they move on. And um, I just think it's more competitive for these goaltenders now than it's ever been because of the skill level these kids are coming in. You know, I remember when we were younger, back in the good old days, there was a time when goaltenders, like your Ed Balfour, for instance, would play and, and Brodeur would play into their late 30s, early 40s. Have we seen the end of the dinosaurs in net, on, at least on a consistent, regular basis, not just for spot starts? I, I do. Because, the, the, the you know, again, I'll go to the Rangers. Uh, Quinn was forced to bring this kid in. He had him. He had him. Georgiev was playing great, too. Hank is struggling. And as tough as it is, he forced his hand. And thank yeah. God he did because it just changed everything. The Rangers are just going in a ridiculous positive direction or whatever. But anyway. It's good. Good for you guys. Yeah. As long as it's not the Islanders. No. <laughs> but anyway, uh, too much about the Rangers there. But anyway, it's just yeah. it's just the model. Colorado's got a great model too. But they're probably, you know, they, they have that goaltending issue that they got to probably get fixed up. You know, you could say Toronto, the Leafs, they have all this – talent up front but you know anderson's been struggling you know what i'm saying so who knows man yeah. but it is the game and we'll watch them all and uh we'll play them all in nhl 21 the new one right you getting a copy yeah have you heard by the way if you pre-order nhl 21 what a great idea this is you get a uh nhl 94 rewind now you remember that that game was the standard for hockey games and for sports video games nhl 94 especially if you played the blackhawks which with Jeremy Roenick, <laughs> run stop for some bizarre reason. So now, if you if you pre-order NHL 21, you get uh, 90 NHL 94 Rewind, which is today's teams and players in 1994 graphics. Tell me that doesn't make the chicken skin, the goosebumps, come out just a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because guys that I know that are playing, you know, the games for years and stuff, guys from our age bracket and even younger guys too. There's a there's a, I see more negative about it because more people are just pissed because it's just a marketing ploy, you know, just yeah. to sell more games or whatever and yeah. whatever. But Perhaps. again, yeah, 
But I, I love look, the nostalgia. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I wish I had time. Look, I have NHL 20 somewhere in my office here, but I I played it like 8 or 9, 12 games on, um, you know, online. Right. You know, and I used to play it. I don't have the time now, you know. I, I Just even the thought of playing a video game now at my age with everything that's going on, it's like I feel guilty. <laughs> Well, you know, we got to, we got to, you know, we do so much hours and hours of work with our, our team of writers and producers just for this show. Who has time to, uh, to play video games? Come and on. it's 4-1 Tampa. Oh, it's really not us. No, it's okay. It's all right. It's going to be okay. Yeah, I know. It's going to be okay. They're only, in, uh, they're only in warm-ups, so there's a ton of game left. Um, so yeah. anyway, look, so are you going to get it? That's the question. The fans need to know, is Rob Cuny going to go get NHL 2021 for the nostalgic part of the NHL. Probably not. I'll just live off the good graces of uh, my friends if they get it. And, you know, maybe someday I'll tell you, probably the way I operate in about five years, I'll probably go, "Hmm, I'm going to go pick up a video game and get NHL 21 and, you know, be totally and hopelessly lost and out of touch. But that's what I am. That's what I do. Nice. My charm. I, would, no I was hoping you were going to turn around. And say, now, now I that like I positive. hear, yeah, that I hear all the time. Thanks for letting us down. I don't hear brilliant. <laughs> I don't hear a great. Get to hang out with this guy, but I do hear thanks for letting me down. That's, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I could buy myself a soda. All right. So look, go out. Uh, if we were sponsored by EA Sports, we would say right. it's in the game. Now, but we're yeah, it's in the game. Very good, yeah. Rob. Man, you hey, no problem. Come on, if EA's listening, I'm ready to do a live read for you and. I'll even get your product. Of course, if you give it to me for free for doing the live read, hey man, I'll certainly play the play the shinola out of it. But until then, EA Sports, baby, it's in the game. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, pal. Let's move into the yes. NBA here. Um, it looks like LeBron right. wants to win this thing. Yeah, I, you know, there was some uh, uh let me ask you a question. What who has well, two that, thumbs? That's what we're here for. Yes. I generally is, ask you a question, and then you ask me a question, and we talk about well, it. Well, I'm going to ask and answer the question. Well, what is, who has two thumbs, is bald, boyishly handsome, and was wrong as wrong could be about the heat over the Lakers in six in the finals? Pierre Maguire this, from NHL and NBC. Hey, man, don't compare me to Pierre Maguire. <laughs> I thought we were friends. I thought we were friends. That, that hurts. That hurts me in a very sensitive place. Um, look. I, at least if I'm going to be wrong, the Heat aren't going to be swept. And I was told that the mitigating factor of not having uh, two of the three best players on the Heat, Adebayo and Goran Dragic, who's their leading scorer and still isn't playing, that that softens the blow a bit and changes the line somewhat. I mean, I was wrong, but I still maintain the better team, team as in all the parts coming together, is still Miami even though it's hard to beat the Twin Towers there, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But you have to say, that game three that Jimmy Butler had saved them from the embarrassment of a sweep is a game for the ages. How does 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, two steals, two blocks, 70% from the field, and playing 45 of 48 minutes, and for geezers like us, uh, in that game, game three, uh, Jimmy Butler took as many three-point shots as you and I took combined. <laughs> in okay, 23 so, years. 
those right those 40 points are all old school free throw and and from the from the field the mid-range close-in stuff um it, it, it was second only to the game that magic johnson had as a rookie in 1980 in game six of the finals against the 76ers and he played all five positions in that one 42 points 15 rebounds seven assists lakers won their first championship with magic uh, but this that it was that kind of a game and maybe he you know he was done after that although game 4 you know game 4 was very close game 1 game 2 especially game 1 game 1 was a runaway but we know that when the lakers lose in the playoffs the next game they come back and they pound you and and they still had to struggle with the heat in this game the most for me the most problematic aspect of this whole series is what happened after uh, game three. You familiar with what happened after game three with the Lakers not taking the court for the last possession? Yeah, what's up with that? And totally classless. Well, every hey kids, climb up. Climb up on old Uncle Rob's knee for a little story no, time. No, 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 don't. No. Six so, feet social distancing actually when it comes to Rob, twelve feet <laughs> recommended. So <laughs> the Heat scored their hundred and fifteenth point, he says, letting that go right by him. They're up by 11 points uh, rather than take another shot because the Heat had the ball. They just let the shot clock run out, but there was still, I think, 0.01 or 0.02 seconds left, meaning a shot clock violation turnover. The Lakers had to take the court. And when the, the those two-tenths or one-tenth of a second, whatever it was, the Heat were all on the court, and there was like three Lakers. Everyone else sulked away, uh, led by LeBron James, I might add, uh, sulked away into the locker room. They had to be called back. Uh, just any five Lakers, just take the court, take the ball, and let the clock expire. It was very classless. I mean, I understand the game is over for all intents and purposes, but if the clock is still running, don't do a disservice to yourselves and the team and the game by pouting your way off the court. You still have a 2-1 lead. It's not like the, the heat embarrassed you or, you know, panted you on national television. I mean, it was, they just played a better game and you lost. Oh no. It was very classless. And I, I, you know, it's, it's these kinds of things that, I mean, LeBron James is great, uh, but it's these kinds of things where you see him leading that pouty charge. Hey, let's leave the court. Cause we lost boo hoo. It kind of takes a little bit of the shine off of what was just a spectacular game three performance by a man who is willing this team to whatever victories they're going to have. And we'll see what happens Friday. Friday, they could be, could be the end of the road for the Heat. But at least they won one. They got one. So, just classless. I don't, you know, a lot of these guys got to make TikTok videos. <laughs> yeah. So, there's a little pressure. They got a lot of social media accounts that they got to get to. So, you maybe yeah. you just got to let it slide sometimes, Rob, you know. What is, what, know. is what is class in sports these days? Where where is it gone? Is it's it still gone? out there. It exists. It's just it's not as much fun on to put it on social media. These the guys things in all these sports right now. Let's just talk about this real quick. Sure. Because I think it's a good topic. And and it's it's all of them. The Absolutely. They're all wealthy in all these sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I'm trying to think of, you know, Maybe curling is a little competitive as far as the money scale. But not only are they getting paid a lot of money, but the mm-hmm. media scope on these guys, right? It's constant. I'm not giving these guys any type of sympathy 
But I don't, I don't, I will never know what that's like. No. For not only to uh, the pressure and the 24-7 coverage, then you have to go out, you have to keep yourself in shape, you got to keep your skills up, then you got to go and play and perform on a high level. And then the other thing these guys got to do too, they got to do these post-game conferences, you know, uh, and it's, you know, there's practice in the morning. It's it's yeah. almost a freaking, you know, whatever it is, it's an 18, 19, 20-hour day. And, yes, I know the hard-working man, the, the blue-collar guys, we all do. We all work hard and stuff like that. But you're you're just basically, you know, it's it's like living in that, uh, what was that movie with Jim Carrey? What was that movie? The oh, Truman yeah. Show? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank so, you. I'll be here all week. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> and it's good. That's why I have you here, pal. And your good looks. So oh, Thank you. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, and there's, there's so much back and forth. And just like in politics and in life and in everything else, there's a lot of vitriol out there. And these guys don't like each other. And, you know, LeBron, I, I don't know. I, I can't. To me, it's 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 hard to get petty about the whole thing. And maybe just because I'm, I'm it's, it's alien to me in, in a way. I get what you're coming from. And there is a certain code that every professional athlete you're, is, is upheld to or you expect it and as fans. I'll tell you right now, the fans don't have any code of, code of ethics. No, There's no, certainly the not. Can, the fans are horrible. The fans are wonderful. But there are some just terrible, terrible fans out there. The things well, they say, the things they post. Yeah. Um, and now, granted, it's, these guys are playing and there's no fans in the building. Right, and this gets back right. to what I was talking about before. How impressive it is that these guys are just going at it at such a high level, and they don't have the atmosphere of the crowd. They don't have the the hecklers and uh, the boos and the cheers and all that other stuff going on. So, um, but I guess they can just I'm focus just, well, on the game. Yeah, but I'm so with that you just said focus on the game. So these guys get to that point. I I know for a fact. LeBron and these guys running off. They're not the first team to have done that. No. You know. No, not at all. The Pistons did that against the Bulls when they finally were vanquished. I mean, it's it's it used to happen all the time. But that's what I'm getting at. It's not a big deal to me. It's happened before. So what? The game was over. They gotta do the official thing. Disrespectful to the Heat, you know. We don't know if the Heat would have acted the same way, you know? But you know what? Whatever we do for a living whether we're under the microscope as a professional athlete making millions of dollars or doing, you know, what it is you and I do uh, on the front line of society, as it were, we're expected. There's there's one thing. There's one thing that we're expected. All of us are expected to do no matter what the job is. And that is to be a professional the entire time that you are working. It's, it's hard to do and everybody slips up, but this was not a slip up. This was not, say me for instance saying something inappropriate in the classroom and then having to apologize this was me imagine if i just said okay kids we have five minutes of class left i'm just gonna walk out you're not doing your work i'm out of here just sit there for five minutes you're gonna and I'm tell gonna me you go take a smoke you've never pulled that no come on my teachers did that all the time <laughs> But I mean, the point is, we all have an obligation to be professionals, yes. whether we like the people we work with, whether we're happy about our circumstances, you can complain about it, grouse about it. And these guys can, they have, you know, platforms that, you know, other people don't have to complain and make a stink, but just be a professional. You know, at the end of the day, that's what's important. If you really want to talk about being a role model, that overused cliche about 
the athlete's position in society, first be a professional. Just take your job seriously from the opening bell to the ending bell. And after that, everything else kind of takes care of itself. And most of them do. A majority yeah. of them do. The and I, I, I absolutely, 99% of them do. But when you don't, just like we get called out it's usually in our in, jobs it's if we're not a professional. The, yeah, but it's usually in the heat of a moment or yeah. an emotional point. And that's when, that's when people get triggered. Yeah. You just, you know, sportsmanship is still important. And I know, God, that sounds so antiquated. Well, I mean, but like, but if, you're it playing, is. if you're playing eighty some odd regular season games in the NBA, right? Right. And, and then, or in the NHL, or one hundred and nine nine thousand games in in baseball and stuff, and then you go through the rigorous, uh, you know, football. Even though it's a weekend game, they're those no. guys every day are training, practicing, all that other stuff. No, I know. Look, everybody's got their own pressures, no matter what the job is. Some that we can't understand, some we can. Again. I'm saying a, it's, a, it's, it's a lot. Yes. Yeah, and I is. think for the most part they are. And I think you're a little out of line knocking on. Mm, okay. All right. That's hey, good listen, stuff. Again, to do it. You're out of line. Again, I'm used to hearing that as well. See, now you're talking things that I am used to. I'm out of line. I can't remember the other thing, but it was bad. Leave LeBron alone. Uh, it's not just LeBron, though. It was it was most of the Lakers. But I'm going to blame LeBron because he's, you know, he's the biggest star. He's the man. He is the man. Well, good luck to the rest of those teams the rest of the way, and we'll we'll recap the finals and the champion next week, buddy. Yeah, we'll do. I'll do a full NBA rundown and a preview of next season in the second or third hour of next week's show. Yes. So make sure you're there. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk some college football a little bit? I I guess we can a little bit. You know, this was not a weekend like the last weekend. I will say this. Uh, the Big 12 is officially a fraud. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what's what's your big stand-up moment or news story coming out of college football this past weekend? I don't know whether it was Oklahoma or Choklahoma. <laughs> uh, and Texas losing, proving once again the Big 12 does not belong on the same stage when it counts as the other guys. But then Mississippi State, after I just kissed their ass up and down, Last week, and Mike Leach and his air raid offense, they Offered go out and lay a stinker. Yep. Yeah. They laid a stinker against Arkansas. You don't think they're for real, do you? I don't think they're for real, but I, I expect their games to be, you know, 40, 50 points every game just because that's how Mike Leach does his offense. Those are his games, whether he's at Texas Tech or he's at Washington State or here or he could have been at Maryland, as I said before. Um, I don't know, though. LSU won against lowly Vanderbilt. So the Mississippi State loss doesn't say more about them as a program. Is this the real Mississippi State or just an aberration? Or does it say more about LSU and what how bare the cupboard truly is over there? I mean, I don't I don't want to overreact. I just it was a shocking difference from week one to week two uh with Mike Leach. And yes, I'm a I'm a Mike Leach stan. Um, so I'm going to wait. I want to see how they do next week. Um, speaking of professional, I don't have at my fingertips who they're playing next week. I do know it's an SEC team. <laughs> you are so correct. I got, I got that going for Nobody me. wins. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Big 12, you know, it only took two, three weeks before I was like, yeah, uh, it's the sound of me washing my hands and face of that, that conference. Right. So good well, luck. There's a, there's a nice game on Saturday. With the Irish, Florida State, yeah. you gonna watch that game? I uh, probably, I probably, you know, click over. Yeah, click over. 
like anything makes a clicking noise anymore, except for my knees when I get up off all the, the sofa. All the local Irish <laughs> pubs out here on Long Island, buddy, are having the Notre Dame Guinness pint glass celebration. You come down to the games. Prime time, 7.30 on Saturday night. Oy vey. I mean, I don't get know uh, what your Saturday plans are, if you're watching Cobra Kai on Netflix or anything like that, but um, get yourself down to an Irish pub down here in Long Island, and you will get a Notre Dame pint glass. Sure. Sure, I'll I'll be right over. It just uh, make a make up a bed on the couch for me there. I'm a one pillow guy, uh, you know, so oh, that's fine. Man. Clemson's I'll looking good. good. Yeah, I mean uh, the ACC is is Clemson and the junior varsity. Yes. So it's hard to tell. Now that being said, they then when they play the big boys like your Alabamas and so on, they tend to prevail, except for against LSU, of course. Um, but they're they're just they're miles above the competition. It's almost not even fair. It isn't fair. I feel like Clemson should be moved for football into the SEC. I well, mean, they're I would, in South Carolina. Well, I, would, I would put them in the NFL and you know take well, the, right. Yeah, but take the skins out. People, easy pal. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna I'm gonna give the, I'm taking the skins to the woodshed soon enough. Don't you worry. Um, but it, you know, people always say, well, what if you took uh, Alabama and had them play? You know, the Cleveland Browns, they would get creamed. Because in the NFL, everybody is the best at their position from college. So, sure, you can put Clemson in the NFL, and they'd go 0-16 every year. Maybe eke out a victory here and there. But they're great. Let's not get too nutty. They would be good in the SEC, I think. Obviously, they're not going anywhere. They're going to stay in the ACC. But they feel like an SEC team. They play like an SEC team. And they will just wait till they meet them in the playoffs. Which, by the way, the NCAA has already decreed that the playoffs will be four teams again this year, which is probably the right decision given the truncated schedules and all the upheaval and different starting times and, and how many games and how many weeks the big 10 and the PAC 12 are going to play. Hopefully they realize six to eight is the perfect number. One winner from each of the power five conferences. And then you three, if it's eight teams, three next best records. And that would be, that would open the door for Notre Dame to be in the playoffs every year, which is really what the networks want. Absolutely. Because everybody loves the fucking Golden Domers. That's right. <laughs> live the they have their Irish own band. network. NBC is the Notre Dame network. So look, you know, why not go to eight teams just to get them in every year? Look, man. Don't be jealous. I'm looking. Of the Irish. Oh, I'm jealous. Actually, I'm not jealous. I just find the whole thing repulsive, which is probably a you you know, code for jealous. You should, because <laughs> that is basically what most of us Irish like to do to people. Are, you're be, not. Are you repulsive? Are you a Notre Dame alumni? Am I speaking to a Golden Domer? No, no. I, that's too far. I, I barely even get into Suffolk County out here in the island. It's too far. All right. Life. Too far. Because I know there's a lot of people that adopt the uh the irish as their home team uh so i mean the the alumni it's are true. bad enough it's true. but then the it's people true. that like that say well we don't have any college football here so let me see i've got, who, who I've got I my rudy pajamas on who can i pick what team is a little bit of success that not many people cling to ah yes <sighs> the dallas cowboys of college football oh, yeah, the notre dame fighting irish america's team your jealousy is just uh it's just too bad, man. So. I am. I'm insanely jealous. But you know, um, I've, got a, I've got a. I've got a. This could be. This head of mine could be a golden dome. I should paint it gold and let Notre Dame 
you know, invite me over to buddy. Just, just, just connect, the face, just connect the face case to those darling ears. That's all. Can Hi there. <laughs> all right, buddy. Let's get to your favorite team in the entire world, the Washington Football uh, Club, as they are know, I, officially I, known now. Not here. You need to get on board. No, sir. <laughs> no, right here. Right down to my Washington Redskin footy pajamas, which I will proudly be wearing this evening. I will be calling them with the, the flap, of course, in the back. I will always call them the Washington Redskins. You know, I had a whole list of, of stuff to talk about the NFL. And then the sports fairy visited my house today and dropped this bag of sand on me. that The Washington Redskins have benched Dwayne Haskins. And that's not even the most shocking thing. The most shocking thing about this you know, this garbage barge of dysfunction, that should be their name, the Washington Garbage Barge, is a guy who has one good leg in Alex Smith. And my feelings in Alex Smith are he should retire and just end this charade, but that's for another time. He's now the backup. And in fact, in practice today, there was, you know, Twitter was on fire with videos of practice today at Redskins Park. Haskins wasn't even part of practice. They had a guy from the practice squad, Stephen Montez, as the third teamer Haskins was just staying there watching what was happening. So not only is he not the backup and he's, he's inactive, but now he's the fourth quarterback on the roster. And that to me says, thanks Dwayne. It's been fun, (laughs) but uh, where are you going to be playing next year? Because when you say to a guy, we're going to start Kyle Allen, who's only going to Canton if he buys a ticket. And I know he knows uh, Ron Rivera's system from Carolina, but you know, I could figure out Ron Rivera's system in Carolina, and I'm not going to be out there slinging it. And, and the backup is a guy who, with one hit, is going to be walking around with one leg. A guy who shouldn't be playing. He's insane. I mean, it's great. It's a great story. Don't get me wrong that he got to the point where he can be on an NFL roster and active. But, my God, he almost died the last time he played. And I would think, take the Ryan Shazir route. Take a walk. Okay, but all this does is confirm this benching of Haskins confirms I'm going to pat myself on the back. Do it. What I've been saying all along that you had a guy last year in the draft 2019 there are three teams ahead of the Redskins who were desperate for a quarterback. Your Denver Broncos, your Cincinnati Bengals and your Miami Dolphins. They all drafted ahead of us. You know, the Redskins made no move to, to trade up to get their guy Dwayne Haskins who is only a Redskin. Because the owner, his son, went to Bullis with Dwayne Haskins. He said, hey, this guy's my son's friend. That's good enough for me. And he's a local kid. Because after all, local players are the keys to championships. I'm Ron Burgundy. So they draft this guy, overdraft him. The three teams that needed quarterbacks passed, including the Dolphins, who traded a second-round draft pick for Josh Rosen, who's... Only his best attribute is that if he stops playing football, his family is super wealthy and is he's set for life. And he's bounced around. He was kicked out of Arizona for Kyler Murray. And again, he stinks. And the Dolphins said, we'd rather take that guy than not than we'd rather take this guy and give up assets than keep all of our draft picks and take a guy that we quite frankly don't want anything to do with. He's another guy who came out of Ohio State. It's a great system in Ohio State. 
They win a lot of games. They throw a lot of passes at the line of scrimmage or behind this line of scrimmage, little bubble screens, little flares, and their receivers take it to the house. Their receivers are great. Their receivers do very well in the NFL. In fact, some of the quarterbacks become NFL wide receivers. But when was the last time? And don't you dare say Arch Schleister. Oh, that an Ohio State quarterback not? made any kind of hay in the NFL without, you know, maybe maybe a, a couple of good games here and there, maybe a one-year wonder, but especially the Urban Meyer quarterbacks, Tim Tebow, the Ohio State quarterbacks, even Alex Smith, he, they're game managers. All they know how to do, for the most part, is do enough not to let their team lose. I mean, in the game that, that Haskins had against the Ravens last week, 32 of 45, 315 yards. Those are pretty good statistics. But but as as a local radio personality around here said, and it wasn't me, there were empty calories. I mean, it's just a lot of passes. There was no – he's taken like one deep shot in four games. And and the one deep shot I took against the Ravens was when the Ravens said, we've got this game in the bag. We pretty much have given up. There's nothing that stands out about this, these passes. A lot of them were short and let the receivers do all the work. They even designed an offense in Washington for Haskins' strength. Lots of running, keep the ball on the ground, grind out the clock, don't ask the quarterback to do too much, and that's exactly what he does. He doesn't do enough. This guy never should have been drafted in the first round. They could have had him in the second or third round. They overdrafted him. The coach, the general manager, all the football people said to Dan Snyder, we don't want this guy. Yay, through 50 touchdowns at Ohio State. But that's Ohio State. He was in a system that does not produce NFL quarterbacks. And then the firestorm here, the, 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 the divisiveness of this quarterback, either you love him or you hate him. People are, either you say this guy's a bum or he's the franchise quarterback for the next 10 years before he plays a single game. And he had the, the nerve to walk into Redskins Park and say, you know what? I wore number seven in college. I'd like to wear number seven in the pros. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you mean well, only we, one other person? Were just talking about athletes being professional? Only one other person has worn number seven in the last 40 years. His name was, is Joe Feisman, and he's he got right. a ring. He was okay. He took us to the Super Bowl. He was the last true franchise quarterback to injury versus the New easy. York football giants. Easy. <laughs> easy. I know the giants have a special place in their heart for Theismann. Whatever you think about him, he was the last time we had a real franchise quarterback. He was the quarterback of my youth. And this guy comes in, not having done a single thing except get overdrafted. And he plucks number seven off out of the rafters. Not really retired. It was put away. We don't retire jerseys. Only Sammy Baugh is 33, and now Bobby Mitchell's 49. And said, I want to wear that jersey because I've accomplished almost as much as MVP and back-to-back Super Bowl appearances and one win in Joe Theismann. I mean, just imagine, you know, some rookie, some pimply-faced rookie walks into Yankee Stadium and says, hmm, I've always worn the number four. Not going to happen because the New York, you can't compare – the but Washington can you imagine, football no, team as an just, organization to the incredible empire that the New York Yankees are. Some schmuck with absolutely no sense of history, none, asking for one of those don't, numbers. Don't bring even the ask, Yankees into this. Your guys drafted them, not us. Right. I'm just saying it's you don't ask, you don't come in and ask for things like that. You know, just it's just not done. So, so now, care. 
So now, see, people outside of the market don't understand the numbers, the name, but that's, again, for another time. So now, in a, in a sheer, a complete and utter shit show move, Ron Rivera comes in, says Haskins is the guy, and I'm sure he had to say that in order to get this job. I'm sure Snyder said, I'm going to hire you. You're going to play my son's friend, right? A sure thing, Mr. Snyder. And then he finally said, I, I can't take this guy anymore. And the team, if you believe the report, the team was saying, we'd like to win a few games. This is a, a, a division that is 3-12-1. and one. And we have the talent to win six games or seven games, which is what it might take to win this division. And you're wheeling this guy out every week who can't throw a ball five yards without sailing it over somebody's head or throws interceptions because he stares at his receiver and he looks and he says to the defensive back, just wait. Here, move a little bit more this way, a little bit more this way. Hold on, I'm going to throw the ball now. Man, you, 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 you've got it. you got a bad the Philadelphia thing about this guy. Eagles, The Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> – won their first game Sunday, and took over first place in the NFC East. That's how bad this division is. And it's right there for the taking. And Ron Rivera knows about winning a division with a losing record, which he's done already. Look, it's, it's look the NFL, like, you, you mean you're proving everything I talked about last week, the mediocrity, the getting excited to win six, seven games just, a season. It's just terrible. And, yes, this Haskins thing angers me because I said this was a train wreck from the beginning. We've we have we had a quarterback that uh, speaking of lightning rods, a Did guy that he loved or hated. Did you call the offices? I, I wish I was a season ticket holder so I could send my season tickets back to them it's, wrapped in a certain substance we don't talk about in polite company. If you want to make change. well, that's what this show is for. I'm trying to make change. We had a guy for three years who all he did was set records every year for passing, and they let him walk. Then they bring in Alex Smith and they get him killed, and they have an offense that looks like it was you know, the offense of Wyatt Earp. Okay. And then we get, we draft, we overdraft the guy just because again, he's my son's friend. Good times. Look, I want, this is what I want. And you now to do. this is another lost I, season. I, I, another I need, lost. I, I got a remedy season. for you. I need you. I'm going to make it better for you, buddy. God, my head hurts now. I know. This will, Holy this, shit. Where's the time and all after the show, <laughs> after the show, you're going to get up, you're going to walk into that bathroom and you're going to close the door behind you. You're going to look in the mirror, and you're going to go, at least I'm not a New York Jets fan. Yeah, J-E-T-S. And it's, it's going to feel that much better. That's true. Okay? Okay now? You got something but I will, to you know, to. Just one more thing. I'm a, I'm a little better. Last year, everyone said with the number two pick, take Chase Young. He's a stud, which he is. He's been out the last two games. I don't see a real appreciable difference on the defense, but I said the, our Biggest strength on the Redskins is the defensive line, and you're going to bring sand to the beach by drafting this guy when you could draft Isaiah Simmons from Clemson because our linebacking core is shady, shady, shaky, and shady, or you could draft Tua. Why not bring in as many quarterbacks as you can? And you know what? If only one of them can play, you trade the other one. If this Haskins dope is as great as you say he is, maybe someone will want him. I'm curious to see you now, of course, we've, we've, that's the other thing. We have completely ruined his trade value. Even if we wanted to trade him, they're going to look at us and say, this is a guy that can't be out your practice, your practice squad quarterback. We saw him standing in, at watching practice being told not, not today, son, we'll give you a, a bag of footballs and a media guide. If you want to get take Dwayne Haskins off our hands, it's just, 
It's a disgrace. This franchise, again, has just set itself back another two years. And they bring in a coach to change things, and it's it's the same song and dance. It doesn't matter who they bring in. They even brought Joe Gibbs back. They wheeled his old bones back into the team, and he, even he couldn't break through the Snyder wall. And so here we are again, hopelessly lost, wandering the desert of mediocrity while other teams find themselves. You know, I mean, and, and this poor bastard, Rivera, he's battling cancer. And I was watching the game Sunday, and all I kept thinking was, He's standing there, arms folded, fighting exhaustion, thinking, you know, the only thing that, that's taken my mind off cancer <laughs> is the fact that I got to pilot this shit show of a team. <laughs> what am I doing? Isn't it? Why am I punishing myself with cancer and this team? But that's that's another discussion for another day. So, another I'm sorry, show. Is it, probably another is show, it, like another, is it, like another, is it, like a show called Bill Washington Wednesday? Football. Yeah. Um, crying game. That's yeah, I've, crying I've podcast t- with your host. <laughs> I, I took up a lot of time on the Redskins. I apologize, Mr. It's and Mrs. Okay, America. Man. I just, you know what? That's why I'm doing this. So I could stand on my soapbox and say, I was right. And everybody hey, look, said, you're, you you're just, wrong about this guy. Yeah. You know, everybody listening on the radio or their phone there, at least they're not seeing the pain and the angst in your face that I am seeing. There's a lot of angst. Yeah. I'm sorry about that, buddy. So, uh, but you're right, my, I'm not a my, fan. I only got one question with the Washington uh, Football Club, and that is, how are the first ladies of football doing? Hey, man, that's one thing they do get right. All I right, mean, so. so, you know, I, I, they're the, probably do the only mean, people happy about being fans of the team. So what I need you to do is after the show, I need you to text me their Instagram account. Okay. Sure. Okay. Sure. So. It's uh, victims of harassment <laughs> at, on Instagram. That's, 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 their, uh, that's their Instagram handle. A non-disclosure agreement. The the first ladies uh, of non-disclosure agreements. That's their classic. handle on Instagram. You are a gem, my friend. All right, pal. We are winding down this we episode are. of the Sports Honcho. So, but before we uh, close out the show, um, we've got to do the joke for the week. That's right, my friends. I, as angry as I am at the Redskins, I, I have someone else to be angry with. This week's dope of the week, the one who will be carrying around the mythical uh, Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week trophy, uh, is one, uh, speaking of New York, the Brooklyn Nets' own Kyrie Irving is this week's recipient of the Dope of the Week award. And as always, if you want to be a real living, breathing part of the show, Tweet us at Sports Honchos, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitterness and at Bitter and Rage on Twitter. Hashtag DOTW. Send us your suggestion for the dope of the week. Try to keep it in the world of sports, but if not, you know, we can make an exception. And we'll give you absolutely no credit and no money. But Yanks are pulled within three. We'll give you the respect. Anyway, this guy Irving, I'll just make this quick, said on Kevin Durant's podcast, because everybody has a podcast, about the hiring of Steve Nash, their brand new coach, quote. Uh, well, not quote. He said that the head coaching role, he said this, Irving said this, Durant will be a, quote, collaborative effort. Now, Nash hasn't even taken one day of practice with this team. Probably hasn't even gone to his office yet. Irving then said, I don't really see us having a head coach. KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach some days. That's great news from a guy who is crippled. Not one, as the Marlins say, not one, not two, not three. Okay, well, three, not one, not two, three teams. The man speaking of cancer, 
that's what he is to teams. Everywhere he goes, in addition to being a guy who firmly believed that the world was flat, uh, says that uh, he wants a head coach who will, quote, get to know him as a person rather than someone who will place their own philosophy and change everything we're doing. Hello? That's what a coach does. Especially a new coach. If you have a new coach, he's not brought in just to blow a whistle and to be a chaperone like you're a high school team. He's there to bring in his philosophy and change what you're doing because if you didn't need change, there wouldn't be a need for a new coach. He also said that this is the first time in his career that he doesn't feel like he has to take all the clutch shots. It's a pretty ballsy statement from a guy who won a championship with LeBron James. Well, the first problem is is he's he's playing for the Nets. Yeah. Let's hey, the Nets there. are they're an up and coming team. I, I, I they're not They've they're been not up and coming for a long, long, long right. time. But you know, when you're a guy who has played many games sitting on the bench because you can't stay healthy, you're not allowed to say, I don't I for the first time I don't feel like I have to take the clutch shot, which is probably true because you can't take the clutch shot when you're in street clothes on the bench. So Kyrie Irving for being completely and utterly a selfish prick once again and not understanding what new, what a new coach means, why you're in the position to get a new coach. You, Kyrie Irving, are the sports honchos, dope of the week. Your check and your signed certificate are in the mail. Congratulations. 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 Another honor for the trophy case. Well, the Net fans, Nets fans are quite happy that they are not allowed in the building these days uh, for the yes. foreseeable future. They will be all right. Well, there you have it, folks. The Dope of the Week brought to you by yep. Rob Cooney and That's me. Uh, our maybe your sponsor, uh, Live Soda Root Beer with Probiotics. That'd be fantastic. We're always looking for a sponsor for anything. Yes. It's certainly the Dope of the Week. All right, pal. Well, look, um, we're going to wrap this show up. We're, we're going to do some music again, too. Obviously, me and you are big music fans in addition to being big sports fans. Yes. And just big guys in general. Hey, um, now. Look, we uh, we got to do this quick. Unfortunately, um, we lost um, we lost a legend yesterday. We did. Um, Eddie as Van we Hanley. get older, we, we were, we're losing more of the guys that we grew up with and yep. stuff. So uh, I'm sorry I cut you off there when you said That's it. That's okay. I'm uh, 65 yeah. uh, of tongue and throat cancer. And, and at our age, like when we were in high school, when I was still first rocking out to Van Halen, 65 might as well have been 10,000. But at our age now, 65, it's a lot scarier. Yeah. And it's just it's, – it's a loss. It's a tremendous loss because just – I mean, there's only but a few – guitar gods out there a few irreplaceable guitar players and we've just lost one of them and we all have memories we all you and i are the same age we grew up with 1984 and 5150 and van halen one and two we survived the transition from van halen to van hagar and the constant was this guy and his music he kicked ass and he he could have been a great piano player too in fact he wanted to be a piano player more than a guitar virtuoso and he married Valerie Bertinelli, so he knew how to pick the women, too. It's just the man had it all. He was just incru- incredibly, um, just uh, just a magical person. You know, hearing the news yesterday, uh, it was just, you know, again, it's all over the world. Uh, it's, you, you could go on and on about it. His, his, yeah. one, two, uh, obviously, you know I'm in the music business. And, um, yes. So I, I've had the uh, pleasure of playing with um, 
I play right now, one just a phenomenal guitar player, my buddy Louie. And uh, prior to that, years ago, a guy go, uh, that I grew up with uh, is my other buddy, Joey D. And um, both of these guys, uh, Eddie was their guy. And the yeah. two of them, we were going back and forth yesterday, and, and this goes for all pretty much a clam. And you could see it on Twitter. You could see it everywhere, all the words and everything stuff. But Eddie made these guys, they, they came up with the memories of how when they were kids, 14 years old or whatever, and pl- rewinding the tape, <laughs> learning the songs. Like, they, they sat there for hours and hours trying to figure out what he was doing. Now, you can be a music fan of Van Halen, and they were just epic, and they, I, I tweeted yesterday, there's rock and roll and there's Van Halen. There's nothing else like Van Halen. Van yeah. Halen was just incredible for every reason, even Sammy's tenure too. We won't talk about Van Halen 3. But, um, <laughs> but that was something to put in perspective for me, and I remember as a kid, uh, when we were starting out in music, when we were 14, 15, 16, we couldn't get Joey out of the house because he was sitting there, you know, trying to learn all the parts. Now, me and Louie, we've been playing together for 17 years, and we have a couple top tribute bands uh, out here on the island. We're all shut down right now, unfortunately, outside of a drive-in we're doing this weekend. But uh, two years ago, we started doing, for Louie, uh, we, we put a Van Halen tribute together, and Van, uh, Louie used to be in a Van Halen tribute years ago. And because that's where he came from, that's that's his thing. Because Louis does all the corporate stuff, the business stuff, the country stuff, and the top forty and the easy listening stuff with me. And we're both metal guys. We're hard rockers. Louis still has his long hair. Uh, my hair used to be down in my butt, but we were just you know hard rock guys, and we were Van Halen. Love Van Halen. Just forget about it. But real quick, what I want to say is is uh, for all the guitar players out there, that's what you don't realize, and it's true, because. Eddie was legendary like Jimi Hendrix was when he came out. They were just different. Uh, their playing was, um, it was new. It was brand new. And then I sat there and I, thank, uh, I was thinking of, yeah, I remember I couldn't get Joey out of the house because he was always practicing and learning Eddie Van Halen. And Louie, I've been on stage with Louie and seeing Louie, you know, replicate Eruption. And, and you can check out all of, if anybody is in a Van Halen tribute band, and, you know, I'm just the vocalist in the band, but to think, it's all about the guitar, and you see, and it's yep. everybody's watching, and you can't make a mistake, you can't screw it up. And no. their whole catalog is just incredible. Um, but it is, it's a soundtrack to our lifetime. Uh, you know, I always say uh, we're blessed to have grown up in the '80s and, and the late '70s with uh, just rock and roll, and, and it was radio stations, and it was concerts. Mm. It wasn't download music; it was just real. When you heard something on the radio, you had to go buy it, and you listened to it. And you pulled an LP out of the sleeve. And it was just this epic thing. I still have my original LPs of all the Van Halen al- uh, albums. As I, do I. I was working around the house the other day, and I played Van Halen all day. And then yesterday, here I am as a musician, mixing and, and recording uh, some original music that I'm doing. And I get the news. And you were the first one who texted me. And I couldn't believe yeah. it. And it's, it's just 2020, 2020 strikes again. Look, I remember when 1984 came out, and people were aghast because there were keyboards for the first time and it's they've managed to even incorporate those and make them badass just like the guitar parts um obviously not the same skill level and the same heights but it's just he, he made it sound like it seamlessly blended into whatever they were doing and he looked like he always had fun even though he was incredibly shy can't get his from smile out of off stage his smile he just he, he loved what he was doing i know he kicked the bass player out he kicked gary berg off lookalike michael anthony out of the band for his son but hey who would have a do lebron that james kid? moment a couple of times yeah who wouldn't do that for their own son so he will be missed and he's not there's not going to be a replacement 
No. You know? It's like Neil, and that's Neil, good. And that's a good we thing. We lost Neil Peart this year, too. I yeah. mean, Getty yeah. and, and, and Alex aren't doing that ever again. No. You can't replace them. No. You know? But we had a, he, gave us, he gave us a lot to remember. And, uh, you know, pour one out for Eddie Van Halen. He will be missed. How lucky we were, Rob. Yep. To have been able to enjoy him. Yep. You know, uh, that is what you take from this. And 65 is too young. Too young. Feel for Wolfie, his son. Um, and I know Wolfie has his own album. He's been recording. He's been trying to get this. Now we, it's funny, just a little side note, everybody's been busting Wolfie's chops about his new album, Waiting. And now we all know why it was delayed. Yeah. Because he's been at his yep. dad's bedside here for the longest time. And uh, yep. it's 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 sad. It's We'll still have to get used to it. And, you know. Um, yeah. he was the best. Eddie was awesome. So go awesome. out and listen to your Van Halen albums, everybody. Yes. And we're going to go out with one right now, right, pal? Yep, we sure are. One little side note on a, on a, on a happy note, too, is ACDC's back, baby. Absolutely. Ryan Johnson. Yep. So we still got we still got old men running around and little kids. Yes, school saving boy rock and roll. Yes. Go Bruce on. and ACDC. Hey, the yep. old, don't, don't sleep on the old guys. No. They're still doing a force, and it's it's yep. awesome. But Shot in the Dark, the new tune, it's a filthy, dirty, great ACDC song. Three, four chords, yep. guitar solo. Yep. It's great stuff. All right, well, yep. we're going to go out with um, some Eddie Van Halen here for us. Uh, you know, the Roth years, uh, me and Rob were having a little bit of an argument of which song we should go out with. And it was a friendly argument because there are just so many great Van Halen songs. You can't do it. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. It's so, hard to decide. It's, there's no way. So, um we uh, Robert luckily agreed. <laughs> I did, I did. Hey, at least we got but we agreed on happy, the album. It's a happy agreement because again, we agreed like on said. the album. We just couldn't agree on the song. Yes. Plus, the FCC won't let us play, but so much of the song. So not like we could just play a medley anyway. <laughs> so you get something. Hey, it beats the sound of our voices. All right. So look, uh, we're gonna show our love here for Eddie. Uh, play a little on the one on the way out. Uh, Rob, love you, buddy. Great show tonight. Thanks love so much, you too, Paul. Thank you. All right, and thanks to everybody out there listening. I know we're just getting started, and we're building it, and we're growing it, but thanks so much for listening yes, to the sports. we do appreciate it. Honchos, baby. Every and, Wednesday. Yes. And with that, I'm hoping this works. Not <laughs> working. Wait. Still oh. not working. Sounds great. Yeah. There we there go. There we go. All right. It's coming. Woo! All right, Rob. Take care. See you next week. All right, good night, everybody. Peace. Woo!